Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Volume. The 3 and Out Podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There is no better place to bet every moment more than with FanDuel. With football ending, we have the NBA rolling, March Madness right around the corner, and my personal favorite, betting on the PGA Tour. I cannot recommend it enough. You get winnings fast, and winnings are also delivered in under two hours. It's a fun to combine multiple bets from the same game parlay. No big deal. NBA, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, that would be what I would do. If you are new, just download the FanDuel app. To get started now, sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecop, 3 and Out Podcast, Monday edition. Hope everyone is doing well. Life is good. You had a good weekend. You had a good Monday. Your Tuesday's going well. Coffee's kicking in. You're feeling alive, ready for life. NFL Draft Week is here. Let's roll. Going to dive into a lot today. Trent Baalke, avoiding Ben Simmons is in the draft. The New York Giants, uh, NFL coming for Christmas. The New York Jets and Debo. A lot going on. Subscribe to the podcast. If you listen through Colin's feed, please subscribe to the three and out feed separate. Appreciate it. Also leave a review. Would greatly appreciate that as well. Uh, Middlecoff mailbag at John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire up in those direct messages. Uh, 
I'm actually, I, I talked about it a little bit later. I'm recording this intro after I've recorded the podcast. I might go watch the second half of the Nets game and um, answer a bunch of DMs. So I, I might, you know, spend the next couple hours interacting with the people on there. And other than that, any other, I guess we'll have a podcast. I'll have a golf podcast Wednesday. I'll have a draft podcast on Friday. May do another one for Saturday. If not, definitely we'll have something Sunday, Monday. So we'll have a lot, a lot of content coming. Great part is once you're subscribed to the podcast, it automatically humps. But you got to subscribe to the Three and Out podcast. Let's dive into the show. So we are, you know, less than four days away from this draft getting underway. And the Jags, who have been, you know, they're probably, I don't know, market size. I mean, they they might be bigger than Green Bay or whatever. But to me, they're the most irrelevant franchise in the league. And I do think they've gotten two guys who are, let's face it, Trent Baalke and Doug Peterson. And let's start with Trent. Pretty polarizing individual, right? I, I live in the Bay Area. 49er guy. All my friends and family are. You say his name, it brings up and evokes emotion. And I think when you are a public figure, like truly famous, like an NFL football coach, an actor, a singer, and this is kind of true, you would say, in the city you live in with your friends and family, perception becomes reality, right? When you say something about someone, you're going to have a perception of famous people. Like if I say Leonardo DiCaprio, most people be like, oh yeah, he sleeps with a lot of women, right? If I say Bill Belichick, you'd be like, honorary old SOB. If I say, you know, Steph Curry, you'd be like, oh, a lot of fun. (laughs) Good guy, right? LeBron James, control freak. Like, you just have these perceptions of these people that you don't necessarily know, right? Singers, actors, athletes, and coaches, and executives. And I think Trent Baalke, fair or not, I've said it before, I can only speak to my own experiences. He was always pretty cool to me, but I never worked for him. I was never around him in a professional setting besides just kind of bullshitting with him. When I was on radio, he came on the radio and he was always like giving me props. He he was cool. But that is not the reaction that most people have inside the business. So then people on the outside, and for a long time it was the Bay Area because he was the reason Jim Harbaugh left. And then it became, once he took over last year, the rest of the NFL all has an opinion on him. And I'm talking the fans that think Trent Baalke is kind of a bad guy. And think he's an idiot. Thinks he's bad at his job. And listen, I, I saw firsthand, he made some pretty good moves. He was a big part of getting Jim Harbaugh to come to the 49ers once upon a time. They used to go on jogs, like in 2011 when Jim first got the job. He made some great signings in free agency and some great early draft picks. But we don't think about that anymore. We just think about this power-hungry, bad guy who somehow keeps getting big jobs. And now he's got Trevor Lawrence, who's his starting quarterback. And Doug Peterson, a lot of times when you've won a Super Bowl or accomplished whatever in an industry like the NFL, like if if I was a venture capitalist and I hit some home run as an investor, I would get another shot immediately. People would give me money to go invest more. Doug Peterson didn't just win a Super Bowl. The following year, he won another game with Nick Foles. He couldn't get a job last year. Now, I know he's claimed he took a year off. No one was going to hire him. And I would argue even this cycle... It was going to be a struggle for him to get a job. And if it wasn't the Jags, he was not going to become a head coach, which is pretty crazy. And I'm not claiming him to be like John Harbaugh or Andy Reid, but he's pretty damn good. We see these coaches get hired every year. Joe Judges of the world and Doug Peterson couldn't get a job immediately. 
he wasn't just the head coach. He was the play caller. So the perception on these guys, one, Trent Baalke, bad guy, in over his head. I saw a report today that him and the owner are already at odds over who to pick. He wants to take Walker, the kind of Alden Smith of this draft, trying to hit a home run. The owner wants to go safe, Aiden Hutchinson. And honestly, it could be true. It might not be true. But with Trent, we always believe. Because when there's always kind of feels like there's some smoke with Balky, and then there's always been fires in the past. So it's believable. And then Doug, who I think has been discounted, like we saw this guy for years in a big boy market where it's really, really hard to be successful. It is not easy. It ain't Chip Kelly alive. Sirianni actually was pretty impressive. But it's not a place where most guys are going to go have success. Philly, New York, they run through Washington. It's intense. He handled it with ease. And now he gets to take over this quarterback who just a year ago, and I've had a lot of people DM me, and I think it's fair. And I don't, I'd be lying if I said I watched a lot of Jags football, but clearly he struggled. Now, I would defend Trevor Lawrence that any young guy who is used to stability, high level, uh, just consistency in their life goes to chaos, it can overwhelm you. And I am not going to judge a guy that came from Clemson, probably the most stable program in the country beside Alabama. But unlike Alabama, he had the same coaches. It was just stability, consistency, and then went to Urban fucking Meyer, who didn't even make it through the year. It was a complete shit show. Excuse my language, little kids, if you're listening. Uh, Earmuffs. But the reality is, is that there is going to be some pressure on this guy that we said... Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning, like that level of a prospect. Doug Peterson, we've seen him. He's coached Carson Wentz, who was drafted two overall in his best year under Doug Peterson. We've seen Trent Baalke take a team and win. But here, you can't deny, there's a lot of pressure. This franchise is drafting one overall. They have this quarterback just to kind of figure it out. And ultimately, if they screw it up, you know, especially Trent Baalke, like he is going to be a Gettleman-like laughingstock. Because I'd argue he kind of is right now, and I think it's a little unfair. Now, granted, he's brought some of this on himself, but, you know, the the Jags, this is a big couple days for them just to kind of get the train back on the tracks. Because when you have the number one overall pick, if you hit a home run, you get a guy under contract. If he immediately becomes a pro bowler or an all pro, is one of the best deals in the league. And whether this draft, I mean, I, I, I don't think it's that great, but that doesn't mean great players won't come from it. It's just not gonna, it's gonna be all over the map. Like, there there'll probably be a pro bowler in the third, which there are every year. But in this draft, I think there are going to be so many guys, and you've seen it around. I thought Peter King writing about this, and I just talked to people in the league, that some guys are going to get drafted, like, in the teens that other teams have rated number 50. Some guys are going to get drafted number 50 that another team, because there are a bunch of teams that don't have picks, would have taken in the first round. And that is, I would say, a little not typical. Last year, the top 50 picks... I would say in the league, the overwhelming majority had like a group of 35-40. Like most people were on the same page. Not the case in this draft. Uh, Jim Nagy had a tweet yesterday. He is the director of the Senior Bowl. And he used to work for, I think, Belichick. Then he worked for Scott Pioli. Uh, He tweeted about Ben Simmons. Because Ben Simmons was supposed to come back for the Nets forever. He's supposed to come back for game four. And of course, he's not coming back. And it feels like his season's over. And his tweet basically said that Ben Simmons' situation is going to make every general manager in the league 
overthink their board or at least relook at their board given people's character. And I actually saw Lewis Howes. He has like a, I don't even know if it'd be called a motivational podcast. He has interesting guests, high level guy. Uh, it's just a good podcast. And I, I, I was, you know, scrolling Instagram today and I, I saw this, you know, I just follow some random accounts that have like, I don't even know if they're like leadership quotes, but they just have videos of people talking about interesting stuff. And he had this statement that said like, to have a healthy relationship, you need more than love. And his point was basically like, we're told when we're kids, find someone you love, marry them, and you'll be happy forever. And he's like, that's a big part of it, but you also need to have similar values, similar vision. Because if you're going to get married at 25, 30, 35 you know, if you're relatively healthy, you're going to live another 40 years. So listen, I know I've changed dramatically from five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. You're constantly, you should be evolving. And you have to get, you got to be with someone who's somewhat on the same page as you in terms of life. And I think when you're looking for players, like part of like Patriots, why they have their Patriot guys, their core guys over the years, Mike Vrabel's, Teddy Brewski's, Devin McCourty's, Slater's, because they get guys that fall into their vision. Guys that want to be high achievers, right? And Ben Simmons, I think the knock on him, a lot of people think he does not like basketball. And there are people in every pro sport, baseball, basketball, football, that don't like their sport. They were given these athletic gifts from the man upstairs, and they're just, get special gifts, and they're able to monetize it, and they do it. Like, most human beings, What Ben Simmons is like 6'9", 6'10". Walk around downtown any city. You won't see one person that's 6'10". He is just an outlier in terms of his height immediately. And then, obviously, he's really skilled, but I think it's pretty clear he doesn't like basketball. And there have been guys in the past, like Jadavion Clowney is a good example. Jadavion Clowney, if you look, has had a solid career. He's going he's gonna to play for a long time in the league. He was drafted number one overall. But I think people have questioned, like, how much does he really like football? He's almost viewed as an underachiever because it's like how good he could have been. Is he really all in on football? Does he like what football provides? Nadamakan Sue battled that a little bit for a while, too. Now, I think he's got with the right people in Tampa and has really excelled. But I think both those guys, if you looked, Sue and Jadavion Clowney would almost be viewed as underachievers. They should have been, no doubt about it, Hall of Fame players. And Sue's probably had a better career when it's all said and done than Clowney. But I think if you ask most general managers and coaches, like, yeah, it probably should have been more. And when you're drafting a guy, and we talked about this a lot last week, we're going to talk about this forever. You're drafting a person before you're drafting the player. You need this guy to have all of his chips in the middle and basically be obsessed. When I think of most of the great players in my adult life, which is basically the last 20 years, they have been football junkies. Obviously the quarterbacks, but you just go around to other positions. Ed Reed, right? When I think Ed Reed, you think a guy who's just like kind of half in, half out? Richard Sherman. I I had a chance to just be around him a little bit. That guy loves football. I mean, an absolute junkie. And you just go position by position. The best players, some of the great players right now, Travis Kelsey, Devontae Adams. Football's their life. And the media often, when these stories come out of like unnamed scouts, They get up in arms when they're like, why do we care if a guy's balanced? Because a lot of people in life, when they're going to be great at at an industry that's very competitive, very, very competitive, you can't really be balanced. 
you, you have to be somewhat psychotic. And it's hard to kind of know that with young people, right? Because you can get the information. I've gone into these schools. You ask around. And it's hard to truly know. So you're taking educated guesses. But the more and more guys that you can get that are just, football is a huge part of their life, right? A massive part of their life. You can build your franchise around guys like that. I was with the Eagles when we drafted Jason Kelsey. He's going to go down as one of the greatest players in the history of the franchise. Because when you talk to people in that building, when you talk to people in the city of Philadelphia, the guy's all in on football. Football means everything to him. Being a team leader means a lot. Being a team captain, battling on Sunday, working through the week. And we're going to have all these players be drafted. A large percentage of them are not going to play well in the NFL. And a large percentage of those guys would have had the talent to excel in the league. But maybe they don't like football as much as they think. Maybe they don't actually like work. Because a huge part of football is working at it. I say it all the time. Baseball, you get to play every day. I saw Christian Yelich, right? Brewer star, signed into $180 million a couple years ago. Is kind of struggling right now. His, his career feels like it's trending down. If he starts, he gets to play every day. All it takes is like two weeks of batting 500, hitting seven home runs. Boom, he's back on track. He doesn't have to wait once a week to play. Even in the NBA, you get to play all the time. Even in the playoffs, you're playing three times a week. In football, you get one shot a week. You get 17 games. And most of the teams aren't making the playoffs. So you got to love everything else that comes with football. Studying. Lifting. Like, listen, I, I'm not a huge fan of lifting. Lifting's hard. You know, and especially the way you have to do it in football, heavy weights. Most people are not doing the Tom Brady pliability thing. They're hitting squats. They're they're working on their lower body. Like working on your lower body is hard. Training in the summer, in the heat, you know, it's it is very, very difficult. So the teams that draft the best are the best at identifying the people because they put those people with the people already in their building that are high level, and then you get success. The teams that struggle can never figure out the pieces of the puzzle. They, they never can. I, I was listening to this financial podcast talking about Elon Musk. And obviously he just bought Twitter, but he hires such elite guys at Tesla. Like these venture capitalists were like, you, you, the people that know, most of us have no clue who these actual individuals are, but clearly he gets really, really high level people that are running Tesla. That's why the thing's dominating and printing money. He's the richest man in the world. So you have to have a vision and know what you're getting. And then with that vision, get the right people. Because this is ultimately a people business. The playoffs are here. You can make every game feel like game seven on FanDuel Sportsbook, an official partner of the NBA. FanDuel's hooking you up free bets through the playoffs. Free bets. Doesn't matter if you're a new customer or already have an account. Be sure to check out the app exclusive weekly same-game parlay promos. FanDuel's got so many ways to play. Best of all, when you win, you get paid faster than a fast break. If you're new to FanDuel, download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Sign up with the promo code Colin. If you already have an account, you're all set to get in on the action. Either way, you'll get an assist from FanDuel when you bet a same-game parlay during the playoffs. FanDuel Sportsbook, an official partner of the NBA. 21-plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, and Louisiana. 
permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Connecticut 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, Jersey, and Virginia 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan 1-877-HOP E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369 in New York, Tennessee. Redline 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Warning. This product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bowl flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team. 
and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing. And 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home. And then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the active cash credit card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. John Lynch talked today, and he, I mean, I, I wouldn't say he shot down the rumors. I mean, there isn't a rumor. Debo Samuel went to Jeff Darlington and requested a trade. Like, that happened. I mean, it's, it's not, there is no narrative out, he requested a trade. Now, John Lynch made it pretty clear they're not in the business of trading Debo Samuel. And they shouldn't be. I say this, Belichick trades everyone. Actually, he doesn't. Belichick did second and third contracts for many of his stars over the years. Like Gronkowski, McCourty, obviously Brady, but Richard Seymour got a second contract. Logan Mankins got a second contract. He did not let every guy walk in their second contract. He extended core guys. And when you get great players who are core members of your team, you keep them. Now, you can't control when a guy wants a trade, and who knows, unless Debo comes out and gives us the bullet points of why, we're all just making educated guesses. Is it California? Is it playing running back? Does he want to be closer to home? Is it the taxes? Who knows? I'm just We're all taking educated guesses until he speaks, and he hasn't spoke on the details, and who knows, he might not. But John Lynch made it pretty clear, we're not in the business of trading Debo Samuel. He didn't say under no circumstances will we trade Debo Samuel because just a couple years ago, he traded to Forrest Buckner for the 13th pick. And I saw Rap Sheet say today on McAfee's YouTube show that underrated part about McAfee's YouTube show, you know, he's obviously an absolute rock star in the media landscape. He has a football show. You know, his, his start now, obviously, he's a former football player, but he talks 90% football. It's, it's pretty clear what's king in America. If he, if he did that with basketball or baseball, it would not work. He does a football show. I say it all the time with Peyton Manning. Like, everyone's trying to do a Manning cast. That works because it's Peyton Manning. There's the, the baseball cast ain't going to work. The basketball cast has no shot. The football thing works, one, because of the NFL and it's Monday Night Football, and two, because it's Peyton freaking Manning and Eli Manning. You can't just do it with anyone. Like, Pat McAfee is a pretty unique character, and he's talking about the biggest league by a mile. But back to the Jets... Does the Jets have no shot to get Debo Samuel for pick 10? Because his rap sheet told McAfee that basically the two trades that happened for Devontae and for Tyreek added up to the 13th overall pick, give or take, on the value chart for the draft. Which, you know, makes sense if you just do the basic math. Well, both those guys were going on to their third contract. So like I said about Belichick, the Packers and the Chiefs extended those guys when they were in Debo's shoes. So it's it's crazy to not extend the A.J. Browns, the Debo Samuels, the Terry McLaurins. The whole point of being a general manager, being a head coach, running an NFL operation is to find guys like Debo Samuel and then keep them in their prime. 
Now, contract negotiations, I don't care what industry you're in listening to this, are difficult. They're not easy. And the older you get and the more leverage, it's, I remember being 27 or 28 years old and getting offered jobs like, yeah, I'll take it. You, you'll pay me 50 grand to do the West Coast. I'm in. You, you'll give me 85 grand to host a radio show. I'm in. You just didn't care. But the older you get, the more success you have, it can get contentious. You want certain things. You have certain demands, just like the other side does. And in the history of pro sports, but specifically football, it, it has been, it's not always simple. Quarterbacks have become relatively simple. Position players have not. And it's because injuries, right? More people get hurt in the sport of football than the other sports, especially at certain positions. When I pay a defensive lineman, when I pay a running back, when I pay a tight end, like at any moment, their leg can get snapped. Their career can end. It happens like once every other year. A guy's career is just over in the in the prime of his career. So I understand, like I always get both sides. And I tend to be a little more team management because team management, the more success they have, the more fan-friendly it is, the more fan-friendly it is, the more success the league has. And I'm paid to talk about the league. I want the league to thrive. And I've said it before, the NFL is not going to be on top forever. Right now they're humming. And it might last 10 years, it might last 20, but one day, kids, I'll promise you this, and anyone listening with young kids, they watch people play video games right now. The video game industry in my lifetime is going to be massive. If you tell me the video game industry at one point in time has more people watching than live sports, it might be 2050, but it's coming. I do believe that the Jets should be quote-unquote overpay. And I don't think it's crazy for them to overpay. They're in a division that's loaded. Belichick is the greatest coach of all time and has a playoff team. The Bills are a powerhouse. The Miami Dolphins, while they have some unknowns, have do have a lot of good players and have been winning lately. The Jets are clearly the fourth team in that division. Their quarterback needs a lot of help. Well, who is a guy that can immediately help a quarterback? A guy that you can hand the ball off or throw to him behind the line of scrimmage in Debo Samuel. Now, it does not behoove the Niners to give them for pick 10. I've said it over and over. Pick 10 in a bad draft isn't that valuable. And I'd argue pick 38, like, yeah, I'm giving you Debo Samuel for pick 10 and 38. In theory, that has good value, but I no longer have Debo Samuel. And Debo Samuel literally just carried me to the playoffs. So if you want Debo Samuel, who is on my team, and I do not need to trade, you have to pay almost you know, a buck 75 on the dollar. I would demand pick 10, one of the second round picks, and honestly, the, the first round pick next year. And most people would say, no chance you do that. Then you don't get Debo Samuel. But the Jets are in desperate need of life. This is a bad draft. Whoever they pick, especially if it's an offensive lineman or defensive lineman, no one's paying for tickets to go see that guy play. Now, if the Jets do draft with a 10th pick, Garrett Wilson or whatever, and he turns into Justin Jefferson, for sure. But it's risky. to. It's, it's why I would probably not trade Debo Samuel under any circumstances if I'm the Niners, even if I got pick 10, pick 38, and next year's one. Because more than likely at pick 10, I'm taking Olave or Garrett Wilson. And I just think, and we've talked about this before, there are no sure things in the NFL. There, there is no such thing as a high floor. Because every we, we've always said, high, this guy's a high floor, this guy's a high floor. And half those guys don't even make teams. They, they get cut. They, they get washed out of the league. So just, and especially at wide receiver, I think we've we've become accustomed to think it's just, it's so easy now to find a wide receiver, plug and play, and that guy becomes a star. Jalen Rager still happen. Like, not every guy's Justin Jefferson. Not every guy's Jamar Chase. So you got to be very, very careful. 
Uh, but if I was the Jets, I, I would get overly aggressive. I, I don't think it's crazy given the situation they're in and how desperate they're just for some juice, for some people to care about them. Um, so it wouldn't totally shock me if they come with an aggressive offer. And hell, the Niners might, even if they came with a crazy offer, still might say no. <laughs> this draft, I've been thinking a lot about, and I, I talked to a guy in the NFL a while back who said, you know, and I remember this when I'd go to pro days, some of these older scouts would get mad like when a guy would decline to run. And I, I didn't know any better. I was like, yeah, you should be running. And then now that I've seen, kind of can take a uh, big picture view of it all, if I had a client who was slow, we would never run. Because the moment you run and you run slow, it hurts your draft stock. Because I've said it over and over, this is an economic exercise. And your, dra- your 40 time, while probably a little overrated in the grand scheme of things, is a determining factor of where you're going to go in the draft. Because if you play safety or you play wide receiver and I, your card is up there on the board, a lot of boards are digital now, and it says 4-6-0, it's hard for me to pull the trigger as a GM, as the head coach, as the owner, with that time not great. It's much easier to draft, and it's not saying it's right to draft a guy that ran a 4-4-1. It's, it's very easy to draft Chris Olave. It's very easy to draft these wide receivers and these corners that fly. Kyle Hamilton, the safety from Notre Dame, who actually has a podcast with the Notre Dame guys, ran really slow. And for a long period of time, he was going to be, which, and I agree, because I watched him play at Notre Dame, and I thought, this guy is a star. This guy is a baller. He is going to be a top five pick. Then he goes to the combine and runs a, whatever, 4-5-0 or 4-5-5 and then runs at his pro day, or maybe it was like a 4-5-8, runs at his pro day even slower. So now people around the league think he's slow. And now you hear these mock drafts and people talking about him like he might go in the mid-teens. Before he ran, just based on his film, he was viewed as a top five pick. And when I watched him, I thought, this guy's a top five pick, this guy's going to play in the league. And then he runs slow and now he's talked about going in the teens. I was listening to Michael Lombardi's podcast and he was, he was talking to someone with a team that's picking in the late teens that goes, Hamilton might fall to us. Drake London, who got hurt during the season, uh, broke his ankle. So, you know, slow to rehab, but he's healthy now. Refused to run. Why? He's not fast. Most people in the league think he's like, he'd run 4-6, but he didn't run. So there is no time next to his name. And he's being talked about potentially going in the top 10. Well, if Drake London had ran either at the combine or at his pro day and put up a 4-6-4, there's zero chance on God's green earth he's going in the top 15. Now, maybe when the dust settles, he ends up not going in the top 15. But if he had that time on his card, no chance. Kyle Hamilton is going to lose money. He did lose money for running slow. So if my client is not going to be fast, we ain't running. And on the flip side, I've said it all the time. Lamar Jackson cost himself millions of dollars because he didn't run at the combine. Period, point blank, end of story. If Lamar Jackson, we've seen a guy play for four years. He's fast as a mother. I mean, I, I would guess four, three, one. He'd run, he'd be, he'd probably run the fastest quarterback time in the history of the combine. Maybe RG3 ran high four threes, low four fours. I, I, I think he would be the fastest quarterback in the history of the combine. Who was, maybe there have been like, guys that transition to other positions, but probably not. I mean, 
he just would never have gone 32. But he refused to run because people thought he was a wide receiver. Well, some of these guys run and then they hurt themselves. And I think Hamilton's a good example of a guy that's just trying to do the right thing because he's a competitor and then it hurts him. Drake London refuses. And now it's like, well, and, and I listen, I, I've heard people that are pretty torn on him. Some people think he's going to be a really good player. I know when I watched him at USC, I thought he was a stud. But I've talked to other people that think he's sluggish, think he's not fast enough. And sometimes, you know, the contested catch guys, it's harder for them to transition in the league. Speed always translates, right? Chris Olave is going to get open immediately. Like even Henry Ruggs, who is going to be in jail. By the second year, it was clear, like he could get open with ease. And he wasn't even a great route runner. Olave is. When you can go that fast, like it's just harder. The corner is reacting to you. He's backpedaling. You're running forward. Well, even the backpedaling, most of these corners are now 4-4 guys. If you're a 4-6-5 guy, you have to have some special traits. Now, the, the positive on Drake London is he's very physical. Uh, he's, a, he's a tough MFer. I mean, contested catch guys. But I would say the contested catch guys make people in the league a little nervous. The Giants, right now, there's some rumors about them getting rid of their former first-round pick, Kadarius Toney, last year who was a guy that had red flags coming out. Here's what I know. When you hire a new general manager and you hire a new head coach, and we, we see you know five to seven of them every single year, every guy on that roster, unless it's like an Aaron Rodgers, is basically immediately available. Because there is a chance that that coach or that general manager did not like that player coming out. Doesn't think that guy fits the scheme. And then there's the character stuff of questionable character guys depending on what team that guy comes from, that guy was off the board. So it could just be as simple as, it's easy to be like, everyone starts fresh. That's always something like coaches love to say or like people that take over companies love to say, like everyone starts fresh. I I don't want to know. I just, however we start from ground zero, we'll go from here. We'll just, by open door policy, come meet me and we'll just develop a relationship from scratch. That's not the way it works in the NFL. Because when I take over as a GM, Joe Shane, who's coming from the Bills, and Dayball, they evaluated this guy last year. They would know a lot about him. They would have an opinion. So it's easy to say that, but when you come into a job, and it's going to happen in all these franchises, you're going to have an opinion on that player. It's always where it gets a little weird when the general manager stays and he hires a new coach. And then that coach doesn't like one of the guys that that general manager drafted. And then it can create a little animosity because obviously that general manager thinks that that player's good, but that coach may not like that guy from his previous stop or that his former organization didn't. So it can become very complicated and convoluted quickly. But I can understand where the Giants, this rumor of them getting rid of the guy, like what if both those guys hated him coming out? Now, I, I saw today on Elon's app, Twitter, that Tony has been at the facility because I guess he didn't show up last week. He's been there this weekend and today. Maybe he's trying to do his part uh, because if if I was him, I'd want to be with Dayball, who's clearly a really good coach, and try to excel because it's never good being a top 20 pick and immediately getting traded going into your second year. Uh, This story, I think, came out on Friday, and I didn't pay it too much attention that the NFL is going to take over Christmas, which I, I didn't look at the date, I guess, on the calendar. So when I saw it, I'm like, Roger Goodell is coming for Adam Silver's throat. And obviously the last couple years, definitely last year, the the NFL had games on Christmas, right? They had the Raider Colts game and it was, 
Arizona played someone. I forget, but I was got a little drunk on Christmas. But I remember sitting at my brother's house watching the Christmas game. Well, I look today, Christmas falls on a Sunday. So it's not that crazy. Now, reading about it, historically when the NFL uh, Christmas has fallen on a Sunday, they have put a bunch of games on Christmas Eve, and they plan on doing that. The difference is instead of just putting one or even two games on Christmas, they're going triple header. They're going a 10 a.m. kickoff, a 1.30 kickoff, and a night game kickoff. And the NFL knows this, that right now the real estate for our attention has never been more crowded. It's very, very difficult to hold my attention. Like I, I talked about yesterday, the Netflix thing. I, I truly believe Netflix quality of their shows is really, really shitty. I have never, the probably the last three or four months, clicked on the Netflix app less. And, and it's not because like I'll watch whatever, but they, whenever I go, I can't find anything to watch that's any good. I'm much more likely to go to Hulu, go to HBO Max, because I feel their content is better. Well, one thing is clear. When the NFL is on television, their content supersedes every other live sporting event. And basically everything besides like presidential elections. You put the NFL on TV, millions upon millions upon millions of people are going to watch. It's why I've been talking about Amazon Prime. If you're one of these archaic individuals, it's like, what? where do I find Amazon Prime? Well, it's like, you're going to figure it out if you want to watch the NFL game. Because I would imagine a lot of people that aren't subscribed to Amazon Prime don't necessarily know who any of these human beings are, because I don't know one in my life, will subscribe if they're interested in the NFL. Well, the NFL, this is just, I think they're going to own Christmas forever. And that was always the NBA's day. They would have like five games on Christmas. I saw it firsthand because the Golden State Warriors, when they became a powerhouse, they got the prime time game on Christmas. You never wanted to miss it. It was always Warriors versus LeBron. It was a a must watch. Well, the NBA is in major trouble on Christmas Day. Who the hell's watching? Not with NFL games on. And I would imagine that the league, I mean, think about last year. Like Raiders Colts, pretty good. That was a playoff game. Cardinals were a playoff team. They will not just put like Jags Texans on Christmas. It wouldn't shock me if it's like Steelers-Ravens, Niners-Rams. Like They'll probably go some big boy matchups to get some big boy ratings and kind of take a stranglehold. Because I would argue in anything, in any line, in any industry, when you see an opening, you have to take it. You know, you have to be aggressive when times are good and be even more aggressive when times are bad. But the NFL right now is full pedal, full, I mean, just full steam ahead. And even in their press release, reading about it today, they called, you know, we're not trying to infringe on our friends at the NBA. I mean, yeah, you are. You're trying to wipe them out. You're trying to take out their number one regular season day. And you're going to succeed with ease. So it's just, the NFL is just, they're in the peak of their powers right now. You know, if they were a player, they'd be in their prime. It won't last forever, but it's, they, they have a long runway ahead. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. 
They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the active cash credit card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well... I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices... You're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Okay, Middlecoff mailbag time. At John Middlecoff is, uh, is my Instagram. Slide up into those DMs. Like I've said, I, uh, I'm way behind. And maybe might be a project for after the draft, but I, I got I to gotta reply to a lot of DMs. So if I haven't responded to your DM uh, in a long time, I'm coming. I promise. I, I, I will. Gary V always preached, manually respond to everybody. I always have. I hang my hat on that. So let's start with uh, <clears throat> with Sydney. This guy in the NFL, Sydney Dawkins. Yeah, looks like he's a college player, maybe. I'm a big fan of your pod. I listen to it every day. Appreciate that, bro. I'm interested in your take on the Niners. Do you think they have buyer's remorse for moving up to get Lance? It feels like they have cold feet going into the season and are stuck in a love triangle with Lance and Jimmy G. I like the love triangle uh, reference there. It's funny. The I hear so many famous people that are involved in like open marriages and swinging. It's like, I just... I have just yet to date any girl that would even be remotely close to open to these things. But I guess these rich people getting these open marriages and these these love triangles. But also have to throw Lance to the wolves because of how much they spent. Now there's drama with Debo. What's your opinion on the current 49ers heading into the season? I just think Trey Lance is a major, major project. Talking major project. And the 49ers, like Josh Allen was a major project. But they weren't trying to make the playoffs immediately with Josh Allen, even though I think they did relatively quickly. Like, the 49ers are trying to win 10, 11, 12 games, trying to win the division. So last year, I think Kyle got cold feet, definitely, with Trey Lance. Because there was a moment I went to practice, and I was like, Trey Lance the starter. But it's practice is a lot easier in the games than if he clearly got a little overwhelmed, and he couldn't beat Jimmy out. Uh, I would say a year into it, he should improve and have understanding of the knowledge of the offense, like any young person, anyone listening to this who is like over 30, the first time you get a job, like a real job, especially if the job's intense, it's pretty overwhelming. I remember the first time, my first week, couple weeks at Fresno State, my first couple weeks with the Eagles, it was intense. But then a year in, you're comfortable. I mean, not like comfortable where you're content, but like you just know what to expect. And I, I do believe, and a lot of people in the NFL have always believed the biggest jump a player takes is from year one to two. So I I think that the expectations of Trey Lance, he's going to be the starter this year. I, I don't think they're necessarily struck, stuck in a love triangle. I just think they're stuck. They couldn't trade Jimmy Garoppolo. They don't have a backup quarterback, so they'd be okay in theory with just keeping him. They also benefit from Jimmy's hurt. So it's not like Jimmy's going to be throwing at OTAs. Jimmy is just going to be, he's not even going to be there. So they're not really in a huge rush to figure it out. I think they're hoping ultimately Carolina caves and they can trade them there. I've been listening to you since way back when you had hair. That's probably a lie because I haven't had hair since my first year in the NFL. So if you've been listening to me, I've been bald. What if an end of every NFL season, the winner of the XFL championship would play the worst NFL team that season? If the XFL team wins... They get promoted to the NFL. And if the NFL team loses, they get demoted to the XFL. I feel like that's something fans of the sport would love to see. What do you think? I find it hilarious whenever you speak and change the tone of your voice to a higher pitch and say, uh, you know, I probably didn't do that right. Uh, I would say the owners would never, 
ever go for that. Like if I'm the Ford family, if I'm Cal McNair, if I'm Shad Khan, if I'm Khan and I've just paid billions of dollars for the Jags, under no circumstances can you send me to the XFL. So I, I, I agree. It would be sweet. Though the NFL team would fucking kill him. Do you know what the Jags would do to like the XFL team? I mean, the Jags just beat the Colts week 18 with an interim coach. They would destroy them. Destroy. I talked a little mess about the USFL. I went to the gym Saturday morning. And, you know, I would imagine most treadmills now, you know, at gyms have TV. So, you know, I always like to throw on a game or something if I'm just running or jogging or fast walking or whatever I'm doing to get a little sweat. The USFL was on. Wasn't terrible. Now, I would not watch at home with other stuff on. I would only watch in a situation like I'm on the treadmill and there's not like some sweet golf tournament or the Warriors are playing. But it was it was, it was was viewable. Now, an NFL team, the you're talking the XFL, but the US, they would destroy those guys. Destroy. But I like, uh, like you think outside the box. We're always looking for ideas here. Thrive on ideas. Hey, John, using my wife's Instagram for a quick question. What do you think will happen with Baker Mayfield? Could you see him being cut? If so, where do you think he would go and what type of contract do you think he would get? Keep up the good work. I don't know if you had a chance to see Baker Mayfield's statue at Oklahoma. It looks nothing like him. Like his statue doesn't even remotely resemble anything of Baker Mayfield. I think there's a decent chance he gets cut. Yes. Because there's only a small handful of teams that would take him and no one's going to take his $18 million. Now, what I also think is pretty likely is the Browns eat a bunch of money and maybe Seattle trades like a fifth round pick for $8 million Baker Mayfield and they split the cost. I think that would be on the table. But cutting, I think cutting Jimmy Garoppolo and cutting Baker Mayfield is on the table for both guys. Now, the 49ers, I mean, if they truly had to and Jimmy would accept to be the backup, could keep him. John Lynch said that they're open to paying him $27 million to be on the team, which I think is a little bit of a lie. But Baker Mayfield will not be on the Browns. So if they cannot trade him, Baker Mayfield will be cut. That will 100% happen. Do you think LeBron gets traded in the offseason? I don't because anyone, he's going to be a free agent after this year. So any, and he's 37, 30, he's my age. I mean, we graduated high school the same year, which is pretty crazy. He stayed in great shape. I've fluctuated. And uh, like he, he's still an excellent player, but what would the Lakers get in value that would make it worth it trading LeBron? It's a star driven organization. Winning time is one of the best shows. I hate it. I, I mean, I really do for the way they made all these guys look, especially Jerry West. I met Jerry West a couple times at the Warriors games back when I was doing radio. He was such a badass. And they make him look like a nut job. Even though he had one of the greatest lines in the latest episode ever. about he's like, he, he was talking to Magic Johnson. And he said, you know what talent gets you? Women and press. I was like, that is a great line. He said, winners are assholes. Now, Jerry, you know, but just talent gets you ladies and press. And I started thinking, it is so true. We love talent in America. You don't need to live up to the hype. Because if you're talented, we hype you up in the media. All the ladies want to be with you. You don't even actually have to be successful. If we just, like, think of all the guys in the draft. Half these guys are going to be bust. We've anointed them. They're going to get a bunch of money. They're going to get a bunch of press. 
It was a dr- genius line. And he didn't use women as his line. He used uh, another line. But, you know, I'm trying to be kid-friendly. Not totally kid-friendly, but love the show. Listen all the time. Have shared it with my friends. I appreciate that. I'm a loud and proud member of the Ramily. I'm wondering if you have any insight on this. I haven't heard anyone talk about it. Has any team ever had to play two division opponents in the playoffs to earn a Super Bowl berth the way the Rams just did? Pretty amazing that they had to face two division opponents three times in a four-week period. Thanks in advance. That's a hell of a question. Uh, I'm not going to do the research, but if you think about the Rams, the Rams played the Niners week 18. They played the Cardinals a week later on Monday Night Football in the first round of the playoffs. Then they played Tom, and then they played the 49ers again. So, And that final game, they got lucky because the Cardinals lost. They had to win if the Cardinals hadn't blown it to Seattle to win the division. It was one of the weirdest situations and vibes I've ever seen. What's his name? Uh, I wanted to say Josh Norman, but it was uh, Ambry Thomas, the 49ers rookie, picks off Matt Stafford. And the Niners just go nuts. They storm the field. But the Cardinals had just lost to Seattle. So after on the on at SoFi Stadium, like their video board is circular. So it's basically one big circle on top of the stadium. And it just says Rams division champs. But obviously they're not celebrating. It was a devastating loss. It was bizarre. But then they kicked Clifton Kyler's ass. And then Kyler wants $200 million. Kind of weird. So I would say that their stretch is pretty unique, yes. But we've seen a lot of we've seen a lot of divisional matchups over the years, right? I'm just trying to think. I mean, the Bills and the Patriots played, but yeah, two, two divisional matchups in the playoffs pretty hard because that means that you need three teams from your division. If you get three teams from your division in the playoffs, that's pretty impressive. It, it really is. It happened a couple of years ago, right? Ravens, Steelers, and. Uh, and the Browns, but the Browns, who the Browns end up playing that year? The Chiefs. Yeah, the Browns play the Chiefs, and then the Steelers. I don't even remember the playoffs from two years ago. Oh, play the Bills. I might even have that screwed up. It doesn't even sound right. Uh, hello. What are your thoughts on Trevor Lawrence? I'm an invest on his cards and memorabilia, so I'm hoping for big step forward. I have... Uh, What's funny is the card investing in memorabilia and cards is probably maybe it's something I should be involved in because I feel like I you know at least could take some pretty good educated guesses. I love Trevor Lawrence as a player in college. All my friends that do the SEC, I mean, so I only have a couple, but guys that you know they've been doing it a long time. Say so he's the best quarterback they'd ever watch. So I I think it's a pretty good calculated risk. I think it's a pretty good educated guess. Now he's got Doug Peterson, so I I would like your chances. Lifelong Seattle fan. Hopeful but terrified. Not sure the perspective outside Seattle is, but here it felt like Russell Wilson era needed to end. I'm sad to see Russ, the football player, go, but I have to say I'm relieved Wilson, the brand, is gone. The drama, the baseball agent, the -the behind-the-scene rumors and the descent from his own teammates dating back to the Legion of Boom days. There became a level of rumors and speculation with him on a yearly basis that became exhausting. 
He absolutely earned the right to be a bit of a diva, but the nice guy platitudes in front of the camera wore thin. I agree. I can't stand that crap. One issue I have with Russell Wilson, and it might maybe it's because of his wife, takes bodyguards everywhere. When, when Peyton Manning goes to the Nuggets game, he just shows up with his son, Marshall. I think his son's Marshall. Maybe that's Matt Ryan's son. Maybe his son's Knox. I don't know, whatever. But he just, Peyton Manning just goes places. You just see Peyton Manning. You know, like, he doesn't need a bodyguard. I've heard a story about Russell Wilson having a golf tournament where everyone at the golf tournament, maybe it was a charity event, maybe it was a golf tournament that turned into a night dinner, a charity event, and he showed up for that. Every single person at the event he invited, so he knew, right? Teammates, business partners, he brought security to that. It's like, Russell, you're not fucking Prince Charles here, buddy. You just, it's not that big a deal. I just feel like he's hes kind of in his own little world. But uh, beyond that, the greatest weapon on the field, I don't deny he could go to Denver. Your, your thoughts on the, yeah, I mean, he would have drove me nuts. He really would have. I, I don't do that. I, that type of stuff, I mean, just makes me cringe. But from you're ultimately in the football business, and Russell's the best player in the history of the franchise. So trading Russell Wilson when the two quarterbacks on your roster are Drew Locke and, uh, and Geno Smith, even if you get Baker, that's pretty risky, man. Like, you guys could really suck. But I don't blame them for getting a divorce. You know? It's, I, I get it. But it's risky. Uh, fan of the pod, I'm a fellow NorCal guy. I'm from the Marysville area. I'm a huge Eagles fan. What are your thoughts on the NFC East this year? Uh, I would say if the Eagles hit some home runs on this draft, if the two guys they draft in the first round are immediate starters, I you know, the Cowboys got worse. Now, the Cowboys, in the one game they tried against you, kicked your ass. But... You, you lose Gregory, you lose Amari, you know, Zeke's not as good, their O-line's not as good, they lose Collins. I think the gap, again, I, I'm not the biggest Jalen Hurts guy, but their team is going to be really good. The Eagles' team is good. Like if you put Dak on the Eagles and flip-flopped, the Eagles would be dramatically better than the Cowboys. The other thing is, like, I would take Sirianni over Mike McCarthy. I don't think Mike McCarthy's any good. <clears throat> so if Sirianni's a good coach... I think you could win the division. And honestly, the, this year to win the division, you, 11 games could win it. My question is, what are your thoughts on the most underrated trait an elite player possesses? I always hear talent, this talent, that. But Carson Wentz is talented. Jay Cutler had one of the best arms we've ever seen. I feel like self-awareness is overlooked by the media and fans alike. Great talent who lack any self-awareness end up like Cutler, Russell Westbrook thoughts. Yeah, I'd say self-awareness is just a quality for any successful person. To know when, because we all, I mean, any human being has somewhat of an ego and somewhat can be hard to be told you're doing this wrong or do that. Self-awareness is important, but I, I think one thing those guys, Cutler and definitely Carson lacks, is the ability to resonate with just other humans. Russell, I think, struggles with that. Now, he's so good, it doesn't matter, but like, can you just be a guy's guy? To be a quarterback, like, you have to get along with the receivers, the tight ends, the fullback, the running back, your offensive lineman, your coaches, your general manager, your owner. You got to manage up. You got to manage down. The trainers. Like, it's just, I, I think you have to have a good understanding of people. 
You know, it's what like makes a great salesman. They can just interact with anyone. And I think a great salesman is actually just a kind of a get it guy. He just he just understands how to interact. He doesn't necessarily have to be a fake or a phony. I think Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, I, I think they have the Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. They just get along with people. People just like them. So I think obviously the the intangible stuff, the work ethic, the intelligence, the love of football. I but I'd even put above self awareness just being a really good guy, I think that helps a lot. I, I see it in here with like in the Giants and the Warriors, like Steph Curry, Buster Posey. People really like them. And when they really like you, they, that means they really respect you. And when you're the best player or star player or the highest paid player, you got to be respected by your teammates. And the easiest way to gain respect is obviously through good play, but being a human being that others kind of look up to. Because I think whether you're from... Low income, high income, Division Two, SEC, USC, Texas, doesn't matter. You just kind of gravitate toward impressive people when you're a talented individual, right? And I, for whatever reason, some guys have it and some guys don't. But I'm with you. I think talent, I mean, there's been a book, Talent is Overrated, right? It's true. It's a good question. Like, I think Russell Westbrook, people like him. I think Carson Wentz, people don't like him. Cutler, I think, was kind of just a weird dude. You know, I, th- I think all those guys kind of fall in different categories, but I-, I know what you're saying. What are your thoughts on the wide receiver market? Do you think teams will realize paying some of these wide receivers the second most on the team isn't worth it with these great college wide receivers coming out? You could argue the Vikings won just by letting Diggs go and drafting Jefferson. It feels like the market will catch up with them. I think Burks could replace Debo without much of an issue. See, I, I think it's easy to say that. Debo Samuel last year was one of the best players in the NFL. Like pound for pound, one of the most dominant players in the NFL. He was unstoppable against playoff teams, bad teams, playoffs, dominated. Like the chance that Burks can replace Debo, turns out Justin Jefferson's just immediately a top five wide receiver. You know, I, I, I'm not saying Burks couldn't replace Debo, but there's no guarantee. But I hear you. Like, if you told me Burks was 90% of Debo, you would do the trade. You would just be like, give me 10, 38. Here's, uh, here's Debo Samuel. We'll get a cheaper player and we'll get another player. But it's not that easy. And, and I think it's, from an economic standpoint, it's easy to think like that. And I think it's fair to think like that. And I think it's correct to think like that. But from it's it's easy to get on the whiteboard and start doing supply demand theories, and it all makes sense. You go to Harvard Business School, fuck, they could build any company on a whiteboard, and then you get to actual football practice, and then you actually play the games. And I'm playing the Rams. Like, is is Burks going to score me a touchdown against the Rams second game of his career as a rookie? Because Debo could score three immediately, and I'm trying to win games. So that's that's what you kind of have to ask yourself. Okay, last one. Question for the pod. I'm a Panthers fan, lifelong. Trying to make sense of the situation we're in as a franchise. As bad as Rule has been, Tepper was the one who put him in place at a price point that was hard to justify at the time, given he had very little pro coaching experience and impossible to justify now, given how little we've improved. Now, before I read the rest of the question, I'm going to pump the brakes there. He was making, I think, $8 million at Baylor. So he just, the reason he got so much money, one, 
He was not going to leave Baylor if they didn't blow him away. And he was making a ton of cash in Texas, no state income tax. So the reason Tepper had to give him whatever, 68, 5, I forget the number. They gave him a ton. Was because of what he was making. If, if he would have been making $4 million, they wouldn't have paid him so much. Just supply and demand. And ultimately, it doesn't impact. It's just Tepper. It doesn't like impact the salary cap. But I hear what you're saying. You see the guy making that much money and your team's not that good. You're like, what the hell's going on? The team seems to have almost no direction to sustain success in the near future with bad contracts. No draft picks and a frustrated fan base. It feels like it needs to be torn down, but management insists on finding these bridge guys to keep us afloat. In your opinion, is there anything more damning than bad ownership? At the end of the day, rule is replaceable. Darnold is replaceable. Tepper's vision and ego is not. If Tepper is a meddlesome, crazy-ass owner, you are screwed. That is not debatable. I don't follow the Panthers that closely, but from afar, it felt like Jerry Richardson let Ron, and I guess Gettleman at the time, kind of do a lot. Just let them pick players and run the thing, and you guys were successful. And when Cam was healthy, you guys were always in a playoff mix. Tepper... Pays all this money for the team, $2.2 billion, $2.4, I forget the exact number. Put yourself in his shoes. Everything you've ever done was had your hands on it, right? You were the leader of the firm making all the money in the stock market. These were your ideas. People anointed you as this great stock trader. And then you own the NFL team. And let's face it, you know nothing about football besides what a fan would know. But you're going to have ideas on how to do things. And it's probably not easy to work for him. It's been pretty clear that it's been floated out by the Mortensons, just people in the NFL that cover the NFL, that kind of know shit, that Matt Rule doesn't care if he gets fired. Almost like, you know, Matt Rule doesn't love working for this guy. He left a situation where he was the boss to where he's not the boss. Which why, when you have a great situation in college, right, Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, what Matt Rule had at Baylor, what Lincoln Riley had at Oklahoma and now has at USC, what Urban had at Ohio State, what Harbaugh has at you don't answer to You run the, the school. It, it's, it's all you. You're the boss. You, you don't. No, the AD's not signing your checks. It's not his money. If you, if you win, like Lane Kiffin doesn't have to take orders from the AD. Now, beside like, you know, your business partners t- kind of or whatever. I mean, you have a good relationship, but like he's not telling you to do certain things you don't want to do. In the NFL, if the owner wants you to do something, you're doing it. His name is signed at the bottom of all your checks. I get you get direct deposit, but you know what I mean? If Matt Rule calls, or excuse me, if David Tepper calls Matt Rule and says, hey, we're meeting tomorrow at 7 a.m., you're meeting him tomorrow at 7 a.m. If the AD calls Nick Saban, Nick Saban doesn't even have to pick up, let alone do something that he doesn't want to do. So I, I think these situations, like, I, I just think Matt Rule had been in the league one year. So when you make that jump to the NFL, you're in charge of the salary cap, you're in charge of the draft, you're in charge of free. He'd never done any of that. It, it, it's just, it's very, not everyone, there are only so many Jimmy Johnsons that can go a seamless transition from the college game to the NFL and crush it. Most got Chip Kelly, ran out of the league. Urban Meyer, all-time laughingstock. Steve Spurrier, didn't last at all. <clears throat> Bobby Petrino, went running back to college. And I don't blame them. 
Like college pays a lot. It's not like they're going from a job that pays seven million to a job that pays one. A lot of some of these guys get raises. How many NFL coaches do you think make more than Nick? But it is it's just a it's a different business model because there's a true owner. Think if you like how many people run the University of Texas. How many boosters think that they are the guy in charge? Probably 30 of them. Or USC or Oklahoma or Georgia. Now, there are certain boosters that have more juice than others, but there's not one individual booster unless you're at Nike or, I mean, Oregon with Phil Knight or Oklahoma State with uh, with T. Boone. You know, I mean, there, there, are, there are three or four guys like that throughout the country. But for the most part, like, you're answering kind of to the group and the school. In football, you're answering to like Jeffrey Lurie, Jerry Jones, Bob Kraft, right? John Mara, uh, Glazers, Wolf. Like they want something, they tell you to jump, you say how high. So it's just, I, I think it's just, if he's bad, which is very possible, Shad Khan is a great businessman, but every single team he owns sucks. David Tepper is one of the great stock traders in the history of this country. It's been a debacle so far. Newsflash. Really, really hard to own sports teams and be a good owner. Very, very difficult. Uh, appreciate everybody. Draft coming up Thursday. Let's keep rocking and rolling. We'll have a golf podcast coming out Wednesday. Phil Mickelson officially joining the Saudi League. Live golf. We'll talk about that, I'm sure. Greg Norman, 30 for 30. Even if you're not into golf, the Greg Norman 30 for 30, if you have ESPN Plus, fantastic watch. I mean, it re- it's a it's an awesome watch. Highly recommend it. Talk soon. Peace. Are you looking for the hottest gambling advice out there? Check out the Moneyline Monaco podcast powered by FanDuel every weekday. Our guy Alex Monaco will give you his best bets, including game picks, props, same game parlays, and much more. Monaco is in another groove and has won nearly 60% of his bets all time. So don't miss your chance to make some money by downloading the Moneyline Monaco wherever you get your podcast, only on the Volumes Podcast Network. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. 
It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like... Whoa. And... Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, save on select steel battery tools. Right now, save $50 on the FSA 57 battery trimmer set. Real steel. Find yours at steeldealers.com. With AK-10 battery and AL-101 charger, offer valid for limited time only while supplies last. See participating dealer for details.